Welcome to another MPO Sports Podcast episode. This episode will be pretty much whole and solely AFL. And before I introduce everyone, I'll just let my little torment go that I haven't done for quite some time. And my torment is that um, supporters that gain this arrogance after just a snippet of success and cannot help themselves but bang on and ridicule other teams, ridicule other players, but their team's perfect. One, one season out of the last 20 years of success and the arrogance, it, I don't know, it just seems to be an Australian thing with AFL where a team wins a flag and all of a sudden their supporters think they've been a dynasty or something. How, how should they be? No arrogance. Simple, right? Don't start. It's my torment. You, know, <laughs> you haven't been fucking introduced yet. All right? Sorry for the language. But this is what happens. Sorry. This is what happens when a host has to deal with Muppets. He has to put them back in the line. So I'm sorry. I'd like to now introduce Woody. How are you, Woody? Um, well, I'm probably a bit better than Jess now. He's... He's just had a sip of his beer. Maybe you need that to calm down, Tim. No, I'm off the beers. And how are you, um, Jeremy? I'll call you by your name on this occasion because now is your time to talk. Oh, look, um, uh, look, I'm well. I'm well. I'm dis- disappointed after the weekend, obviously. Yeah. No one Why? Likes, what happened? No one likes losing to their arch nemesis, so um, dis- disappointing. But we're not. Uh, we, we, we try not to get too high or low during the regular season. Do you, do you think Geelong's prospects took a dive? Oh no, wait, that was just Tom Hawkins. <laughs> so anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll finish, the, we'll finish the introductions and we'll try and make Jeremy cry later. Um, so, and we're also joined by Chris. How are you going, Chris? As a you know, avid um, Tigers supporter. Oh, good guys. Uh, good to be on the show. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pleased, relatively pleased with the start of the season. Um, from a Richmond point of view, if I had to give an opinion. Awesome. So what we might do is hit the ball rolling. Jeremy had a few choice words to say in the middle of my torment, which is not scripted. He's not meant to say anything (laughs) um, at that stage. Usually, you know, we might sort of have a bit of a conversation afterwards. So I do apologise, listeners, for using the word fuck, but um, (laughs) he was being out of fucking line. Now we'll move move on and get back to being professional. Um, Our first topic will be quite a colourful one, and I believe... We've already had a bit of jousting on social media in the chats about this subject, and we also posted it on our um, Facebook page and asked the question, is Dusty all-time top five? Maybe it's just a top ten. So this is on the back of Nathan Buckley last week saying that by the end of Dusty's career, he's going to be up there amongst the all-time greats. Which is not... An outlandish statement, but um, to maybe put someone as a number, which is obviously subjective, as our Geelong wear hat wearing colleague um, keeps saying. But the question is, where does he sit in your say top five of all time, Woody? For a start, well, well for, as far as the top five goes, he doesn't. But see, I I find it hard to give a goat or mm. or a. Um, a top five, and as Jeremy said, it is subjective. And given that the game's so diverse in terms of positions <coughs> of players and all that sort of stuff, um, I prefer to rather than say, you know, this is the best in order, mm. is just say this is a group of 10 or 12 guys that mm. 
are as good as anyone that's ever played the game without elevating one above the rest mm. and ranking them one, two, three, four, five. And that's such an American term anyway. I think it is. And, and it I don't is. think it's got a place it's in AFL, moment. given yeah. that, as I said, given the diversity of the game and um, the different <coughs> roles for different players and the sizes of players and whatever, it's, it's very hard to, to say this guy is better than that bloke because um, they might play completely different roles. Yep. Yep. Um, what about your thoughts? Um I'll refer to him as um, the sleep, the guy from Sleepy Hollow. What's what's your thought? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll say that what is quite subjective. Um, Dusty's that uh, Dusty has two modes. Um, one mode, is, one mode is excellent, and the other mode is sublime. Um, he's been sublime, Dusty, in the most important. <clears throat> Important games, and but important. not for his whole career. And, and uh, but for the rest of those seasons and for seasons prior, um, excellent Dusty has probably overshadowed Sublime Dusty. <clears throat> is that is that fair? I think that that's fair. Um, Chris is probably just well, itching to we'll say go, something. We'll, here, go, we'll go off we'll, Chris last. That's what I was going to say. We'll, we'll get our thoughts out of the way. We've got to place some importance on being able to play well. So we'll give we'll give our thoughts and then yep. give him a rebuttal. Well, I guess. So guess what, I was going to say, just from my perspective, I guess the problem is with the dusty argument for me is a lot of his so-called standout games that are put him on that pinnacle that a lot of people think have been finals. Yep. Now, there's been players, especially the guy that I would put ahead of him off the top of my head, that have played in weak teams. But it doesn't mean they're not a great, if not the best player. Because there just are... on that, I just want to add that there's a lot of people that will elevate one guy above another purely because he's played <coughs> a premiership winning team. Yep. Just because you're on a premiership winning team doesn't mean you're a good player. Yet again, yes, that's, I mean that's an Mark American Blake. thing too. If you haven't got rings, you're no good. That's a shout out to Mark Blake <coughs> and Brent Renoff. Yeah, and um, basically to me, like you look at, as you said, to positions best in their positions, right? And, and, and Mitch Morton. Yep. Anyway, and as I was saying, <laughs> is to me to stand out in his position and probably the greatest set shot we've ever we will ever see is Lockett. And if you look at his record, he played in a lowly St Kilda for yeah. year after year. And my thing is, a lot of people go, "Oh, Dunstall was better." Well, would Jason Dunstall have kicked as many goals in a shit team without silver service delivery as what yeah. Lockett did? Yeah. I believe Lockett would have kicked more goals if he was a Hawthorne footballer. There's a good chance. I just want to come in there and say, I think part of the part of the criteria for me is how well has the guy played, um, and has he elevated himself to greatness in a poor side? And I think the thing for Dusty for me, which and don't get me wrong, he's a great player, but mm. I've got him in that second tier of players probably. Mm-hmm. Um, how they've performed. In a bad side. Now, he's played at Richmond his whole career, but did anyone really think he was a superstar or one of the greats of the game when Richmond were travelling poorly? Or has it just been since? Because for me, it's the last six or so years where he's elevated to that status. Yeah. Um, and I just want to go through. So there's probably 12 blokes that um, I've got above everyone else in that group I was talking before. So I've got, and two of these especially are going to cause. Um, well, a few people <coughs> definitely disagree, and I'll leave those two names for last. Yeah. Um, so we've got Ablett Jr. and Ablett Sr., obviously. This is in no particular order, as I said. Yeah. So Ablett Jr., Ablett Sr., Tony Lockett, Jason Dunstall, Lee Matthews, Adam Goods, Bob Skilton, 
Chris Judd, Wayne Carey, Ian Stewart, who initially when I put this list together forgot about. But and I pointed it out. Yes. did mention him, so I'm more than happy to put him in. Um, and the last two, which will probably cause a bit of conjecture, is Matthew Pavlich and Jason Akermanis. I just think those that, that group of players, like <coughs> um, that, that, Dusty's probably played the last five, six years at as good a level as anyone's ever played, but these guys that I've mentioned did it for 10 or more years and a lot of them in poorer sides. And funny, the Ian Stewart um, one, which I did point out in the chat too, was he won two Brownlows two years in a row at St Kilda in the glory years yeah. when they won a flag. Yeah. Then when he was a has-been, he was traded to Richmond mm-hmm. and he won another Brownlow and another yeah. Premiership. And that, that's why I've got Bob <coughs> Skilton in that list as well because he's won three Brownlows. And his Brownlows were scattered by memory. So that, they, they were scattered and that was all in South Melbourne. <coughs> um, yep. And he played in one final series off the top of my head. So yeah. like he, he's done that in yeah, four sides. And he's, he's universally... And yeah, but, but that, as I said, he's done it in poorer sides. And you look at um, Ablett Junior, <coughs> he won a Brownlow at Gold Coast. Um, Judd won a Brownlow at Carlton at their probably worst period. Um, and guys like that. And then the other guys, they're all time great. So probably one guy you missed, and Ian Stewart would probably, if he was here, would tell you. And probably the greatest Tasmanian, if not the greatest football. Uh, correct. Is Ian Stewart said time and time again. Baldock is better than Stuart, and you've got Stuart in your top 12, so yeah. there you go. That's what I mean. And, and look, I'm, I'm happy to accept that, but I'd probably have, as I said, I'd have got Dusty in that next year mm. after them, um, and I'd probably put Baldock, given that, look, let's be honest, I didn't see him play at all, and mm. you've only got, you know, raw footage and Well, and well I'll put it to you this way. Ian Stuart used to say, and there was no hearsay about him, but what um, Ian Stuart used to say was, right, Baldock could have played in the position Stuart played in centre and done what Stuart did. Yeah. But he was a small bloke to play centre forward. Well, and, like, and as Ian Stuart said, I can't play centre forward. Now, as someone <coughs> said too, like with Steve Silvani, someone, I can't remember who it was, but they said uh, when he was <coughs> full back of the century and after he retired, so there's only one thing that stopped him from being a great full forward, and that was he was an even better full back. Yeah. Well, that, that might be the same sort of case for Baldock. Talking, talk, yeah, you're probably right there too. And the measurement of how good Lockett was, though, too, I believe he's kicked um, double figures against the fullback of the century. Yeah, not, too right. many, not too many full forwards would have done and that, that. And that's why Lockett's <clears> in that top <throat> echelon, because he did that against really good players yep. in a poor side. Yep. All right, so we've had our... Oh, sorry, Jeremy. Was, <laughs> I was just going to say, lads, <clears throat> we've uh, yabbing on about this for long enough. And we haven't well, is, is there anything and, you want and, to add quickly? No, I'm just saying, we've yabbing on it for a while. Um we haven't even got to the Richmond supporter yet. No, yeah, uh, I, I, I was going to throw to him, but then I seen yourself sitting there like you had no friends. I thought we better so, uh, so strap yourselves in. We'll go. No, straight, right. We'll go straight. So, um, just before we do go over to Chris, we'll, um, for the listeners' sake, we give him two minutes and go now. And there's the sound well, of the crickets. <laughs> well, you don't. You don't think that you're being a little bit hard on a guy dismissing his career like it's over when he basically played just over half of last year and still finished, what, in the top 10 of the Brownlow? Or uh, in my, my defence, Chris, as a professional journalist, um, journalist, I did say in the chat that I think it's unfair to put Dusty into the argument because he's still playing. What happens if he comes back and wins the Brownlow missing four matches this year? Well, then things might change. Then what do you that's right. Well, we're talking as of right now. Yeah. I think you're being unfair to my criticism of him because 
I said, here's my 12 best players of all time. In that, and let, as okay. I said, well, I'm not ranking, guys, I'm not, guys, as I said, I'm not ranking them, but uh, uh, I'm potentially that, saying that Dustin Martin is the 13th greatest player of all time. I don't think that that's a knock on the bloke at all. Well, first of all, he's better than Akamanis, he's better than Pavlich. But that's oh, we could go on all night about my thoughts. I, I'm not. I'm not even having that debate. Um, but in if in Matthew Pavlich had been drafted by Richmond instead of Aaron Fiora, who let's let's admit had a, an amazing career. Well, actually, um, in Aaron's defence, he probably had a serviceable career at St Kilda, but he was shit out at Richmond. Uh, yes, sorry, that's correct. <laughs> um, but, but, but anyway, so that's Matthew Pavlich, that's, if that's Matthew Pavlich played for that. a big Victorian club, he would be held in much well, higher regard. Is it my turn to talk or? Um, is it... oh, look, I thought it was, mate. We've got, got you here, so we may as well. Yeah, look, any rebutting that Woody will have. I'll, I'll shut up. Okay, well, well, I'll shut up. Okay, well, 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 well let me, uh, like, so, is it, okay, I get it. Is it trying to, like, I, like, and I, and so I understand how AFL mm. is different in that regard that, like, it's always been a, a, a loyalty sport where, um, for, you, 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 you know, you, you've always tended to try and play at one club your whole career, um, and that that is something that's probably almost hindered um, a lot of the guys you're talking about, um, like accomplishments, and that's something I appreciate. Um, and and like I and this is something that I'm laughing about because I'm I don't consider Dusty the goat, and I don't consider him top five all <clears> the time. That's, and like, and I, he probably sits about six to seventh for me. Um, but I think he's definitely there. Uh, he's top twenty-five all-time average inside fifties clearances, disposals, uh, averages a goal per game. Always shows up when he needs to. He's second all-time Brownlow points per game. Uh, he's like, and just like I get what you're saying about him not winning a Brownlow or something in a bad team. But 2016, he was top three Brownlow. 2015, 2014, top 10. He was he was always thereabouts still, even in those years before Richmond breaking out. That's where, we're, that's we're where I've got a question. I've got a question for you, Chris. Like his feats in the finals, do you think they're so lofty that people kind of overlook what he did prior or what he did during the season? Absolutely. And this is exactly what I'm saying. He was overlooked early on because he wasn't like, because Richmond were not playing fantastic football. And I think that's, and I I think people only like, it's easy to go, okay, three Norm Smiths. Yeah. He probably only like, I, 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 he probably only deserved two of them. But Bashir Holly does say hello, but Bashir Holly definitely should have had the 2017 one. That's what I'm saying, but still, he like dust like, to still that he was still in the best two players on ground in all three of those. So like to, to say like it, it's easy to go okay, take a Norm Smith, okay, but he still has two and was second, if not third best, in the other one. So in the in the uh, 2017 one, I probably had Rance ahead of him, even though um, even though he didn't get a huge amount of possessions because it's the only he's the only backman in the grand let, final I've seen let, in a let long me put time. It to you this way. Have an let opposition me put it to you this way. So if, you if, if, if you have the number one pick in the draft, okay, and you and you have the and so let's say Dustin Martin and Matthew Pavlich are on the board. Who are you taking? 
Matthew Perlich. We don't I'm not. So I've got a question for <clears throat> you, though, Chris. So what is one facet of Dustin Martin's game that he's done better than or as well as anyone that's ever played the game? Because I don't think that there's anything that he does that you can say you know, no one's done that particular skill or performed that particular way better. His instincts are better than anybody that I've ever seen. He knows. He, he just knows where the. He just. He knows where the football is. He knows how to get it, and he knows how I, to use it. I would suggest. I say Gary Junior says hello. I was going to say, as far as instincts go, I would suggest probably Robert Harvey's up there as well. No, Robert Harvey was as much work rate as he was instincts. Which Dustin Martin's in that debate as well. He missed what? Sorry, Dustin Martin missed no more than two games in, until last season when he missed ten with the ribs. No yeah. more than two in the first eleven years of football. So you want to talk about longevity and durability as being a great player. Never missed more than two games in the season and top, the second all-time in Brownlow votes. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see you can take availability as a thing solely on its own, but um, as I said, you guys keep saying Gary Adler Jr. And yes, he was a Gold Coast leading goal kicker. And yes, he won a Brownlow in a bad team. But he also, from 2010 onwards, uh, no, from 20, no, from 2009 onwards, only averaged 14 games a season. Yep, that's fair. But I, I think that those 14 games are, are just okay, amazing but games. 40, okay, but what's 14 games if you're not available for, yep. for 40? That, that's the thing, though. But he did, that, he did that year on year on year. And, and my thing with Dusty is so, no, no, but he, he hasn't been that dominant for 10 plus so years he, like the so, other guys so I mentioned. Saying, no, but can I finish? You're saying that Dusty was only great for six to seven years when it's easily debatable that Adler Jr. was only great until about 2009, 2010, and then had one great twilight year at the Gold Coast, made to look good in a really bad team. Yeah, but it, it, even so, those years, like, and, and I would suggest that it's probably more eight or nine years for Adler. Um, those years, I think, outweigh oh, I think what it was, Dusty was, did. I think it was up until, seven. I think it might have been 2012 or 13. Up until he sort of done his shoulder mm. in the Gold Coast game against Collingwood, I think. Yeah. He was on track to probably win the Greenlow again. Yeah. And he was the best player of the comp by about... Uh, oh, don't no, get me wrong. wrong. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying Dusty's better than Ablett Jr. I have Ablett Jr. higher. Like, I'm not trying to make that debate. <laughs> I'm just saying that to say Dustin Martin's not in that tier is incorrect, to Aaron's point. That's what I'm getting at. Dustin Martin's absolutely in that tier. And no, to, it, you're trying to discredit his compliments for saying that he he didn't like that that he did that in a good team. Okay, what if he signed with the Roos for 1.5 million? He would have just still been the like but, he was already that player in 2017 when they won that premiership. But, but, but we've seen what we've seen what he was in four aside. So he did this in a good team. He's the reason they're a good team. That's what I mean. He's, That's he's what I'm trying to say. He's not the sole reason. Can I, can I tell you a story? Can I tell you a story? I was at the 2019 qualifying final against Brisbane. Okay. Brisbane ran out four goal leaders in the first quarter, and like it, like Richmond didn't look fantastic. And then Dustin Martin kicked six goals, had 24 disposals in three quarters, and absolutely destroyed that game of football. Yep, so I, I, I don't think that highlighting 
one guy's best game of his career That's is, not the best. is a is an argument for his standing in the game. It's, it's a totality for me. And I think he, he falls just short. But as of this, this is as of right now. So we're at the 20th of April, 2022. If Dusty goes on to play another three or four years to this level, or even maybe two years, I've got no issues putting him in that group. But as Tim said, it's a bit harsh to judge him before he's retired. That's, that's he, if he, if he retired right now, that's, that's the way I see things. And he could, he, he, okay, he could quite possibly elevate himself he, into that group that I mentioned before. But for me, as of right now, he misses out on, on that tier. What did Akamanis do at, at, the, at the latter part of his career after he won the Brownlow and the Norm Smith that made that, that puts him in that category for you then? Well, well, as the question that I asked you before, what's he done, what's Dusty done as well as or better than anyone else that's ever played the game? For me, Akamanis is as good as or the best player off both feet that, that I've seen. He's, he, he, left foot, right foot didn't matter. He, he was really good and, on both. And I, and, yeah, and, 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 I, and I appreciate that. I, I saw him live probably, Lord knows, 100 times. But I, I, I think if you want to make that argument, well, in my opinion, Dustin Martin's probably the greatest midfielder slash forward of all time. But he in terms of what particular team. skill or attribute? Mm. Wait, Matthews was what are you a midfielder for such Well, he was, and he kicked 900 goals. So, but people forget Lee Matthews played the majority of his career as a rover. As a rover. But as I said, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to bash Dusty Martin. Mm. I'm just saying that I don't think he's quite there amongst the tier of the greatest players that have ever played the game. But as I said, two years' time, he come, <clears> let's say he comes back in the next few weeks, and he plays the last two years like he's played the last six, I've got no issues putting him in that group. But mm. right now, he falls short. My only... No, I'm not, and, and, and I'm not debating that. I open my argument by saying that I think it's too early to be having this debate, because yeah. it is. Like well, he did his maybe he, uh, he elevated his game to such a level that it sort of brought his, oh, te- it brought his team along with him. Let's be honest. No, sorry, sorry, but sorry, this is another argument I wanted to make, and I will, now that you've Reminded me, Jeremy. Good work, Jeremy. Yeah, like, <laughs> sorry. No, um, you're but, but, but this is um, an, another thing. Like, like his bad football. Like, even his like it's it's good. To, like, even his bad days are still pretty good. Like, he's still like his bad days are still twenty. You know, twenty three touches. He'll still kick a goal. Like, he'll still have five inside fifties. Like, he'll still get three clearances, like, and that's a good game by an average player's standards. I, it's, I, I looked at this, I looked this year and a bit of last year as well, I looked at the eye test. The eye test told me that he was kind of getting run down and tackled a lot more than he had been in the past. Now, whether that was, um, whether that was teams cutting onto him or anything like that, um, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that sort of decline I started seeing with okay. Can I just say, my only criticism of him as a player, and I've mentioned it just before we went on air anyway, and it's not, t- I think it's probably as much the style of football's played these days, but I do find sometimes when the heat's on, he just hacks the ball forward with his kicking. I don't think he necessarily kicks to, you know, precision or anything like that. 
but I think that's an effect of the current game. Carlton captain, oh, the Carlton captain does it a lot. I think, a, I think he's a pretty good career kick. I think he's. I'm not saying he's not a good career kick. I'm saying at times when the heat's on, he tends to hack the ball forward, which I said could be related but, to but, the way football. That, 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 that could be. That could be. What AFL player when the heat's on is going to hit someone they out? Well, no, the goat should, shouldn't they? Yeah. How did Richmond win their three premierships? It was a get the ball forward attitude at any cost. Did I just say it could be the style of football that's played, Christopher? Did I say that? I just say my eye test is he tends to hack the ball when the heat's on. I didn't say it wasn't effective, but to me, that's not necessarily so you're a skill. Me, I'm, saying, I'm saying you're criticising a guy for following the game plan. I don't like that style of football, all right? So but I'm criticising for playing a style of football that I do not like. Which could be at the direction of his coach. It could be. So he, it could very well right, be. Yeah. But it's not yeah, laced up I, football, is I, it? I think... I'm just looking at our And he's not alone. He's not Robinson Caruso. No, that's most players. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at our rundown. We've got a few more topics to get through. And yeah. if, if we go at this rate, we'll be here till tomorrow. This is almost the Dusty Martin tribute show, um, <laughs> but he's still got a couple of years. So we'll save Chris for that one in a couple of years' time. Uh, we'll move on. Um, but anyway, Chris, look, I think it was worth a discussion. And um, yeah, please don't poison oh, any. Please don't poison anyone with your chefing skills out of anger of the discussion. <laughs> but um, we're all good. Oh, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm just happy to move on, and we'll talk about the next topics. But I, I just think yeah. it'll be interesting to come back to. Oh, because, I think so too. It's too early. Yeah, sure. it's too early. Slice that, slice that puff of yeah, fish. double. I Nicely. think it's worth revisiting when he retires, but he won't be as good. <laughs> anyway, that aside. Our next thing to discuss after uh, probably a good half hour of Dusty, um, fans that don't see the whole picture. Now, this is related to probably one of our colleagues' um, adventures on social media and, in fact, led to him going back to jail again. I have a feeling you're not talking about you, Jeremy. No. Uh, I'm I'm not incarcerated at this present. No, no. Can can we just get it out there and then you can talk your your rubbish? Um, So I'll use an example. Um, Carlton supporters. I think it's terrific that they're 4-1. But you don't have to be happy with being 4-1 with the performance in a couple of games. Yeah. So Jeremy mentioned before about something that a lot of people seem to overlook. Um, the eye test. <coughs> the eye test to me says that Carlton has a lot of issues that are being masked by just falling over the line. Mm-hmm. So one stat in particular is Carlton's third quarters this season. Carlton have kicked a total of seven goals, 11 in third <coughs> quarters this year and conceded 24 goals, 13. That's a difference of 104. You're welcome. 104 points in third quarters alone. So Carlton have blown big leads against the Bulldogs, Hawthorne, <coughs> and Port Adelaide. So Port Adelaide was 41 points. Bulldogs was about five goals, and the um, Hawks one was 50 points. Mm. So as a Carlton supporter, I know that a 50-point lead is not safe. That does not tell me that this is a, a, a trustworthy football team. If you're 50 points in front, you want to break even for the rest of the game. We're, we're 50 and, points up and, going and, into half time. You need to win and, by that eight to 12 goal margin. But, 
and and then and then you look at the Richmond game in round one. Um, you know, they were nearly four goals down at three quarter time, and yeah. Richmond just faded away. They were lucky to win that one. Like, yeah, so Carlton have had big quarters in in games. So there was a big quarter against the Bulldogs. We kicked seven goals in the last quarter against. Richmond and seven goals in the first quarter against Hawthorne. But we kicked seven goals, seven of the first nine goals against Hawthorne and then conceded nine of the next 11. Mm. And I think in every game this year, Carlton has conceded runs of three goals or more. Mm. So that to me says alarm bells. And yeah, we the opposition coach, the opposition coach, <clears throat> Possibly making adjustments in Carlton. Aren't, um, I'm pretty sure that it doesn't matter what lead with. Carlton has. An opposition coach isn't shitting himself that the game's going to get out of hand because we've seen that they can come back. Carlton's four, one, four and one with a percentage of 102, but have only scored 11 more points than they've conceded. Mm. So, you, yeah, you've got to look further than the win-loss column. And then Absolutely. probably stats that count yep. too that you mentioned. And, and as I said, like that third quarter, like the big alarm bells in that third quarter, like a 50-point lead is not safe. Mm. That is, there's, there's, there's some guys that I'm really worried about. Zach Williams. Mention Zach like Williams. As far as consistency goes, I'm looking at Zach Williams. I'm looking at Matt Kennedy. I'm looking at like... Not even though he's still been one of your best players this year, I'm looking at Adam Saab like... There's just guys I'm looking at and I'm going, okay, well, are you guys going to be consistent for 23 games of the year in finals? Kennedy was looking like he was going to get uh, he was going to get into the sort of Josh Kelly echelon. Potentially, yeah. Potentially at some point of the year. And he's trailed off a little bit. But the good thing about him is, is he's been <coughs> he's been on the fringe of selection and in the best 22 for the last couple of years. But like he's been inconsistent, but He's also shown that he's best twenty-two. Right, see, like, see, I reckon, I, I reckon Chera's been exceptionally average. Yeah, he was that's fair. Especially last, especially on the weekend against Hawthorne. Like, like Hewitt seems like he's going to be okay, but for how long? Like, you know what, Hewitt, different. you know what you're going to get with Hewitt. Hewitt at Carlton is the same player that he was at Sydney. You just know what you're going to get from him week after week he, after week. Yeah, oh, I, I really wanted to believe in Carlton. I put so much time this off-season to talking Carlton up once I got Voss, and I was like, no, nah, you watch, this is it. And I'm just <clears> I'm like, and they're four and one, and if you look at it blindly, it's great, but you you watch them and it's disappointing. Is this, and, is this, is this the least amount of faith you've ever had in a four and one team? Uh, oh... Uh, it'd, be, it'd be close. Yeah, yeah it'd be close. So I'm obviously a Carlton fan as well, but, I mean, there's so much, there's so many things that you just don't have faith in. As you said, some of the guys you mentioned, Zach Williams kicking um, has been good at times, but it's been absolutely woeful at the most <laughs> crucial times. Uh, um, Harry McKay, oh, did they, no one's got any confidence in him lining up a set shot. No. Um like, even on the weekend, he marked the ball 15 metres out on about a 20-degree angle, and he still kicked it around the corner. All right, so I'll pose you this yeah. question. Would you like – who would you prefer? Harry McKay's won a Coleman medal or Max King as your full forward? I've got – Charlie Kernow. Well, yeah, Charlie Kernow, he's looked very good. But um, That wasn't the question. That no. wasn't the question. But that's um, my answer. <laughs> but um, you know what? Max King in his first couple of years was a very unreliable kick. For he was goal. a kid, though. But 
the last, this last year and this year, he's he's I'm confident that he's going to kick most goals from mm. a set shot. What 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 did what did Charlie Kerno kick in that game like like six goals was it in one of his in the one game or one of his two games <laughs> he played last year? Yeah, in in the game against the Bulldogs, he kicked seven goals, one. Yep, and then this year he's come out and he's kicked what bags? He's kicked three bags. He's in my yeah. draft team. I know he's kicked bags. <laughs> Like he's kicked a, he's kicked a couple of what a couple of fives he's kicked a, a couple six, of fives and a four I think yeah yeah um, but he's he's looking really good at the moment. You still have answered think, my question. But you know what? If we if, if Harry McKay was a reliable set shot, I mean, uh, McKay and Kerno they're averaging five goals a game between them. Mm. Um, if Harry McKay was a reliable set shot, that becomes almost seven goals a game. So you're going into a game knowing that you've got seven goals on the board already. Um, but there's just not enough reliability See, from someone like I'm, McKay. I'm, I'm, I'm just starting to worry about Carlton's depth. I mean, you just you look at some of their guys and you go, you're not. And, it, and, and, and it's the same for a lot of teams across the league. Yeah, like, no, but let's be honest, the, 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 the blowtorch has been the guys, the for a few years now. There's probably just five or six guys like your, your Matt Oes and you're just these kind of guys and you look at and you go, yeah. you aren't, yous aren't would, there. Would you, suggest that, would you suggest that Carlton's top maybe six or eight players stack up against most teams? But Absolutely. the question, but the question the next, mark is the in those bottom four or five but, players. But, but then their next 10 are in the bottom three in the, in I'll, the I'll league. I'll give you an example. I'm going to mention guy Will Setterfield, Jordan Boyd. I was going to say him before. Yeah, so Will Setterfield, Jordan Boyd, Jack Nunes and Matt Cottrell. It's beyond me how they're on an AFL list. And they're actually getting games to get ahead of someone like Paddy Dow and Liam Stocker. Okay, I, I understand you just mentioned Liam Stocker, but are you starting like so? At any point, like I know, and and I and I and I rate him too, and I hope he becomes something. Like he that, is. He's been under but, an injury. But, no, but, 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 but you got you gave up the number one pick in the draft, did you not? No, no, no. It wasn't number one pick for him. It was a it was, it was a first rounder. No, but but it ended up being that, didn't it? No, no. It ended up being pretty good trade because Adelaide bottomed out that year, so I think it ended up being. You know, no, a, a pick twelve for pick fourteen or something. So Adelaide would have expected to finish higher up on the ladder, but they finished mid table, and it was only two or three picks difference. No, 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 might, have been, might have been pick six for pick eight or something, for example. By the way, by the no, way, no. listeners, I, we should point this out while they're while they're listening that uh, Carlton are four and one, folks. We're not. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's the thing. They're, 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 they're all one and four. That's, yeah, but the whole point of this conversation is they're four and one. But there's a lot of a lot more deficiencies oh, in a team that's. I'll pose it to you. Might, might, you say, might you say there's improvement? Well, there's improvement. Come? But the thing for me, as you said, there's improvement. And Michael Voss said it in his press conference last week. Carlton's best footy is really, really good. All right, so for me, test. I just want to finish this first. So Carlton's, we, we could probably all agree if we're comparing last year to this year, Carlton's ceiling is a lot higher than last year. Would that be Correct. fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. Is, has their floor moved though? Mm-hmm. I don't think their floor's mm-hmm. moved. Mm. So for me, although their best is better, the gap between their best and worst mm-hmm. is actually bigger. You like the St Kilda yeah. last and year. And that, that for mm-hmm. me is an issue. It's that, mm-hmm. If Carlton could be more consistent and play closer to their best more often than not, they're going to be fine, but Another stat, 
So we've played five games. Every team's played five games. So that's 20 quarters of football. Carlton's only won eight of them. Mm. And they're four and one. My question, right? Enough of that because I get what you're saying. I test. On the teams that are four and one, where does Carlton sit? At at the bottom of all of them. So let's look at the teams that are four and one. I think that's a fair comparison. So there's four teams that are four and one. Fremantle, Brisbane, St Kilda, uh, five teams, sorry. Fremantle, Brisbane, St Kilda, Sydney and Carlton. Um, Which team have you got the least faith in? It's Carlton, isn't it? Carlton and then a, a close second to Kilda. I'm not, I'm not as half, I'm not as glass half empty on Carlton as. Let, let me say, let, 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 let me, let me put it this way. I'm as, as a Richmond fan, and I, and I thought this to myself earlier in the week. I went, I'm more convinced by our two and three than I am by Carlton's four and one, and and I can live with that. Um, I would agree with that if you didn't probably drop the Adelaide game. Um, but you know what? There's not much difference between Richmond and Carlton, which I think is probably your point. Yeah. Okay, just before we move on to the next topic, talking about fans that don't see the whole picture, I've pointed out a few little things I've seen sneaking into the reigning Premier's game that I reckon if they were playing other teams in the competition, we might have actually, the wider community might have actually seen what I've seen, or am I actually... Am I actually seeing visions that don't, don't exist? Because I've seen some arrogance, some sloppiness, but then I've also seen last week where they can kick ten goals in a quarter. Yeah. Um, am I being? Am I off with the fairies? You know, take out the the fact that they pumped <clears throat> GWS on the weekend. They haven't actually really completely put another <clears throat> side away, have they? But at the same time, it's like they're, they're five and zero, and they're not playing their best footy because who would actually want to be playing their best footy? I agree, the but I'm seeing yeah. things that are sneaking into the game that, as a coach, you wouldn't like, but, which is no, the smugness right. and, and, and stuff and like let's that. Let's be honest. There, there's things that you see there and say this team is definitely beatable. Mm. Like this is this isn't this isn't a Melbourne? team that's going to run yeah, away with the position. I, I, I went to get a beer. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I just brought up Melbourne. How I reckon I've seen some smugness sneak into their game, and well, you know, I, so I so I talked about this before <laughs> uh, before we started recording, mm-hmm. and I I absolutely think Melbourne are beatable. Um, I think that yeah, and, and I can't remember who said it, but someone said it earlier in the week, and it, it triggered something in my mind, like because I absolutely agree with the statement. We haven't seen how good Luke Jackson is without Max Gorn. That was, and that I, was me. And, and I'm not going to lie. I've seen a decline in Max Gorn this year, and I and I I haven't it's seen Luke Jackson the last couple of weeks. be mm. absolutely yeah, but Chris, that That statement came up when um, we asked the question of who's the most important player to Melbourne, and I argued it was Gorn, and quite a few people didn't agree with me, but I believe Gorn puts band-aids over some of the problems that Melbourne have. Like, their back line's as good as it is, but they've got Gorn drifting back and filling the void when the other two are covered and things like that. You know what I mean? I've seen Jackson um, drop back and take those intercept marks, but as you said, can he do that? Dominating the dominating the ruck around the ground without Gorn. So you said who's the most important player to Melbourne. Melbourne's already missing one of their top two or three important players, and that's Christian Salem. Yeah, without great. that guy, that back line is extremely beatable. Like yeah, it's, it's very cool without without his run off that back line. But also, how often do you see when the ball's 
look, you look like Mays under the pump. You look like Levers under the pump. The ball's punted into the forward 50 of the opposition and bloody Gorn's there and ends up marking it. How often do you see oh, that yeah. happen? The Melbourne, game was, the Melbourne game I was watching on the weekend, May was taking more of the marks than what Gorn was in the back line. Yeah, for a change. I'm saying when they look like they're under the pump, Gorn gets them out of jail. Okay, so, so who did so I as, say? As alluding, alluding to the Dusty point before, <clears throat> perhaps that's what he's being instructed to do. Hence, you take him out of the game, does that make him the most important player? Because he's doing that and he's also going forward and kicking goals. So back to... Um, well, what, what, do you get, what do you get from being the most important player there? Do you get a trophy for it? He's their best, so, but also no, most but, important but, player. Okay, so, you, 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 so my, what was my answer to who is Melbourne's most important player? My answer was Bailey Fritch. And I absolutely stand by that. If, if that guy doesn't have that third and fourth quarter that he has in that grand final, then Melbourne probably... It's, it's still a pretty even game. Like... Um, and it was and in that grand final, Chris, there was a couple of stiff calls that probably could have gone the other way that went Melbourne's way when the heat was on and the game was in the balance. That helps with momentum. I'm not saying umpires cost games because they don't, but I think when the no, game but was but, there, but, they but, won. I'm, but I'm saying, like, like Ben Brown, you want to talk about a guy <laughs> that what like a guy that, that doesn't really have an impact. Like he. I like he's been better since he came from North Melbourne. Like he's not kicking as many goals, but I don't feel like he's as impactful. And 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 then you look down the list and you go, well, okay, their their forward line, like and like back to my point earlier, who can beat them? I, I look at Brisbane. I go, well, that's a team that can absolutely win the premiership with their. I fit. think I like, think that forward saw... line, that forward, that forward line is without a doubt the best forward line when fully fit. I think we saw another team on the weekend um, that could, re- at their best, could really challenge <coughs> Melbourne, and that's Fremantle. Well, didn't I? Didn't I? Haven't I been talking them up? I think me and you were pretty much on the same page with them. Like we were pretty bullish about them in the preseason, anyway. <coughs> Get, getting getting Will Brody for peanuts. Peanuts. He, he was he was a move up for four picks in the draft, mate, and he's averaging. 26 touches yeah. a game and is what top 10 in clearances and and, and, or, and you look at how good they've been and they've still there's, there's a bloke they've got on their list his name's nathan fire um, <laughs> yeah just, he, gonna, he's, just gonna slot him in he's he yeah, can just play for play a game is he, he going to get a spot is there is there room for him well like, that's the thing that, that, <clears> and that's a problem they've got that they're, they're actually gonna like he's obviously going let's not be stupid he's going to play when he's fit but it's going to be a serious discussion about actually who comes out? Because at the moment, um, there's not anyone that really says you don't deserve to be in this side. Mm. No, um, absolutely not. You're like, just, you'd almost think, no, no, you'd almost think you'd throw Will Brody or Blake Akers off halfback and maybe ditch one of the young halfbacks. Like that's basically the only solution I can think of. And that's the thing. Like, none of those six mid, not, not, none of those five midfielders that ruck or any of those mids off the bench deserve to go. I was actually one of those. I was almost going to take you to task then when you said Blake Akers, and I thought you were going to say Blake Akers maybe comes out of the side. But he's actually pretty important to what you do, so I'm glad you said that. No, that's what I was going to say. Literally, like, you're literally, you've got Blaisdell, Sarong, Akers, Brody, like none of those, literally none of them. You could not remove one of them. There's not an obvious obvious standout that says when five comes in, this bloke comes out. We say we're talking flags about Freo already. No, we're not talking flags. We're only five weeks in. It's ridiculous to talk Mm. flags about anyone, but 
Frio have looked yeah. probably as good as anyone. Sounds good. Um, we better keep moving, rolling on. Um, just before we go, though, I think the key to beating Melbourne is break even with their midfield, so then you put more pressure on their defence. Well, that's that's Melbourne's key. Like, Melbourne's already basically lost Salem. He's gone for still two, three, four months. Like, well, I actually and, think to beat Melbourne, and, if you've got a couple of really good key defenders, you're probably going to get on top of them because do they have a dominant key forward? Well, they didn't last year. Well, this is what I'm saying. Look at, you look at Brisbane when Hipwood comes back. Like, Brisbane, like, Mick Stay has proven over the last probably 18 months yeah. he's a decent mm. thing The thing for Melbourne, and this, like I, I said that I think Jack Vine is their most important player, but the, this is going to sound contradictory. <coughs> the thing for you, Chris, is when you said Bailey Fritch is their most important player, I think that that's got merit. I still think Vine is more important, just, but I don't think there's actually a player in the competition on another team that can actually match up on Fritz and nullify him when he's on. Yeah. I don't know why he, other t- he's, he's, he's small. Uh, so the, when I look at Fritch, I, I like, uh, first of all, I see Beavis and Butthead. But, <laughs> uh, but, but second of all, I like, he's, he's tall, but he's deceivingly small looking. So he'll take a mark like a 200 centimeter player, but he can rove like a, and it's, and <clears throat> forgive me for saying it because he plays for Richmond, but, Tom Lynch roves like he's 180 centimetres tall at ground level. And, and like, let's go, Bailey Fritch is a beautiful kick of the ball too. Like, and that's what yeah, I'm good saying. I think it was, I, I think it was a couple, about a month ago, someone said, who's the best um, set shot in the league? And I, and I said, Bailey Fritch, because I stand by that. Like, And this is what I mean when he's Melbourne's most important player. He's probably the most underrated full forward in the league and it's not even close. Like... People bang on about Hawkins and yep. Danaher and this and that, and it's like, well, okay, this. What about this guy? Like, he's he did it in the grand final and won well, Melbourne. He's not a, a. He's not a full. That's right. He kicked, he kicked six goals in a grand final <coughs> and didn't even get a look in for the match. Um, Wouldn't call him a full forward. What, what gets me with Melbourne? Like, if you're trying to beat Melbourne, why don't teams hack Gorn more? Why don't they jump into him? Why don't they hack him? Why don't they? Take there's the no, risk of no, no, there's no balls in football anymore. On this, no, no, you imagine, like, even when I was playing junior grade football, like under 12s, under you know, under 14s, it was this is this, these these, this is the team's best three guys. Let's take them out, like, yeah, and that's the thing I was going to say. If we, if we throw back to to you know, 30 years ago, um, can you imagine, <clears throat> even though Dawn's probably a lot taller. Um, and can dominate. Can you imagine that Damien Moncos or someone like that is going to? I'm let telling you now, two up? guys, absolutely not. Two guys, Keating and McDonald would have smashed the hell out of him from yeah. Brisbane. Yep, yeah. yeah. absolutely. And I'm not saying you're going to be dirty. I'm just saying jump into him. I'm saying when you're and tackling, nothing, make sure you're tackling. And that's the thing. Like at yeah, the right at, 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 at the centre bounce, the centre bounce. There's actually Maybe not a for real though. <laughs> At the centre bounce, there's not actually a rule that stops the opposition muckman driving his knee into the other. Correct, and that's that's there. what I'm trying to say. Make him earn his. Yeah. Don't let him prance around like a ballerina yeah. like he does. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, standard of umpiring. Now, um, what brought this to my attention was um, there's a bit of toing and froing on social media about the female umpire. I'm not having a sexist argument because that's not. not the thing. 
But and let's be honest, Razor Ray cops more shit from correct, everyone else correct. than any other correct. umpire. Now, my issue is, uh, and this is my point of view on the umpire, and I'll listen to you, you fellas on what you believe. Now, to me, if I go into a restaurant and the meal's crap, I don't go out on social media and say, John, the chef's this, that, or anything else. I have a go at the business because that's the employer. They employ the person. So people that are so brave and get on social media, and it's journalists as well, and they name frigging umpires' names, mm-hmm. that's not the umpire's fault. They're, the one, they're not the one that's okay, picking so on the umpire so that game. So it's the AFL. So, so my issue with this, okay, and I completely agree with you, Tim, 100%, wholeheartedly. And literally what I'm about to say agrees with it. The follow on from that is the fact that it was a that there was female umpires involved in situations like this. And people then you want want to pull the sexist card and it's like, well, no, okay. What I want to see is I want to see the best person suited mm-hmm. for the job mm-hmm. picked for mm-hmm. the position, yeah. okay? Now, if just because she's a female, I'm, I'm not criticising her because of that. I'm criticising her because she's not doing her job. Now, like you said, Tim, yes, that's on the AFL. They need to employ the, the – and if that means that there's, like, to make a point about the sexism thing, look, if that means there's no female umpires or there's no male umpires in the AFL, it doesn't matter. It's the best person for as, the job. <coughs> as long as there is the best umpires umpiring yeah. the game for football <laughs> at the weekend, that is all that matters. Uh, you, you get male, females, and – of male and female umpires, you know what they both are, they're humans. Mm. Exactly. Um, and, and so why do we pick out the individual's name? Why are we expecting these people <laughs> to be perfect when, when Dyson Heppel doesn't hit a target? Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say. And, and this is the thing with most football fans now. I do not buy into the argument, like most people do, that umpires cost team games. Right? Every single game where there's been a contentious umpire <clears throat> decision late, <clears throat> Everyone wants to blame the umpire, but I can guarantee you there's kicks that miss the target and players that miss set shots or open goals. Um, now, I want to go back to the point you made, Tim, about, you know, you don't get on there and mm-hmm. you don't jump on social media and personally attack the, the chef or mm-hmm. the waiter, mm-hmm. which is true. You don't. But I don't like it when people I, – I don't – I'm not going to say I don't like it, but I don't resonate with it when people try and <coughs> – um, compare footy to another industry or any sport yeah. to another industry yeah, because are you yeah. uh, any one of us here emotionally invested into where they go out for dinner? If I'm fucking hungry, I am, yeah. You know what I'm but if you're hungry, you're going to go anywhere. If, no, that's... And that's, I, I that's can su- other, that, I, I would suggest that... But you're not emotionally invested. You might have a preference, but you're not emotionally invested. Jeremy, I take you, him out to the restaurant they met uh, each other yeah, at. Yeah, but, are emotionally you, invested. are you emotionally invested? For instance, I'd prefer to go to Eureka Pizza and Pasta, but that might not be open, so, so I, might to, I might have to go but, to La Pizza. And this is my point. No, that's not my issue. You're hungry, you're going to eat. But every single one of us is emotionally invested in the football club we follow. 
So you're making excuses for no, people. No, no, no. All, I'm saying, is, all I'm saying I, is, I, 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 I agree with it, that as well. I, I when, agree with that as well. Yep. So when yep. emotion comes into it, what goes out the window? Logic and, and rational but, thought. But you know, you know what else is being involved that hasn't been mentioned yet is, and whether people want to admit it or not, like you're in the spotlight and. Yeah. And someone someone cooking your palmy at your local pub, they're, they're not under any pressure and they're yeah, not under I any just... spotlight. And there, is, there isn't a million people watching them That's make funny. a palmy and they're not criticising every process that they I go through. I get that. I've, 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 I've seen kitchens, mate. They're under pressure. Guys, I'll get what you're saying. However, it's a palmer. Right? No, no, no. How, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but what I'm getting at is, no, what I'm getting at is, and this is what I'm about to say, if you'll let me finish, yeah. that means that it's on the AFL, but it's also on the umpires, that they need to be making more correct and appropriate is the most, you know, best, it's probably the best way I can say it. Um, so Decisions, decisions at the time, and I feel yeah. as though that that's where it, the, the the entire process is being let and, down. And what's right? the best way to achieve that? You make the umpires <laughs> professional and full time. Let's not forget that they're part time umpires. This is not exactly. their profession. So exactly I think, to to Tim's point, I think that yes, be angry at the AFL with all the ridiculous and shitload amount of pointless rule changes and interpretation changes, but I think fans, as part of the emotional experience of it, you personally attack players or personally hold players accountable. I don't, I, and I see Tim's point about not taking it personally against the umpire, but I think if we move into the day and age of professional full-time umpires, I think think that's where you can sort of hold them more accountable and probably push more of the oh, blame on top. Who was the umpire that um, bloody injector um, coach had when he was playing at a go at her on the footy show? Yeah. I'd, See, yeah. The, my, the bottom line is because the sport is such a big thing in Australia, right? I, I, look, at my, I will say Peter Carey, it probably wasn't. I can't no, remember. he would have been retired. No, but whoever it was. did take a great mark on the wing at Subiaco. Yeah, day, but, but whoever it was, James Hurd's called him hopeless, blah, blah, blah. And, and that umpire's but, kids got bullied at school through it, right? So, yeah. so Mr. Keyboard Warrior that puts up a picture of a female umpire, and I'm not talking sexist, bagging out, this sort of thing. She could have kids at school at some stage and go, oh, she's the exactly. shit umpire. Your mum's the shit umpire, and the kid gets targeted. Never got so when I, when, Never when, got when I was when I was living in Geelong, um, <clears throat> on the I was at work one day and on the radio um, there was a report that there was a local like one of the GFL games or whatever at Leopold, and one of the female umpires got followed for twenty minutes home, heckled by two carloads of fans, and she called Triple O because she was scared. Like, and that's just ridiculous. It, bush footy level, isn't it? And it is, and it's not on. And if it's happening at that level, like, like if if you want, um, if you want the right, like, and this is this is what it all comes back back to. If you want the best person for the job, you've got to pay them appropriately. Like you said, Jeremy, mate, they've got to be full time employed because and paid appropriately to do so because they're they're getting like it's 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 risk pay, it's risk mm -hmm. management. Like they're it's 
they're in the spotlight and like and even if they're not at bush level, like they're still getting heckled. I've never like, got who's, the... who's gonna do that job? Who's gonna sign up to be followed home? I've, I've never got the blaming away? the blaming of the individual umpire. Well, I, I don't think once not once in 40 years of following footy ever have I had a decision go against Geelong where I've been upset and I've been like, all right, oh, that number, have, have, that have, number 55, have, Darren Goldsby. Have, have any of you guys in all, ever done that, it, ever. It, it, in all the few years that he's already, well, Jeremy's known me for a few years now, but like like you guys now, like have you ever heard me once blame an umpire? For, lo- for Richmond losing a game or anything. Yeah, I even just watch, watching a game at that no. moment. Watching a game at that moment, mm. you see a horrendous decision which you don't agree with. Incidentally. I don't, I, I don't I, automatically go and seek out, all right, which umpire was that? What number was that? Mm. You're, 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 you're lamenting the decision I, I, more than the umpire. Well, it's it swings in roundabouts. Like like a team can lose the free kick count by twenty by twenty free kicks, but win the match by six goals. It's not that much of a determining I factor. Said, I said to someone today. Um, you get good decisions and bad ones. Um, they generally tend to even out over time. Yeah. Just just for interest's sake, it was Scott McLaren that got called um, useless or hopeless, whatever it was. Yeah, that's And just, I, I think with the keyboard warriors, you just don't know what you're doing by naming and showing an umpire, yeah. um, what you do to their life outside of that because, you know, they have family. They have kids. Yeah. They, I, just, you know. I, think, I think one of the catalysts for this topic is probably this this new interpretation mm. of abuse for the 50-metre penalty and all that sort of stuff because the AFL wants to crack down on well, that. Well, I just want to say... No, but isn't, isn't this another, just quickly, and, and you, then you can build on it, Woody, because it's to go with what you're saying. Like, isn't this another thing? How many, how many like... It's only in the last four or five years, is it not, that we've seen absolutely drastic rule changes constantly yeah. every off-season? Before that, the, the, the umpires umpired the same rules for 30 years, yeah. the entire time they did it. Yeah. They, they, they haven't had to change and adapt as much, like, yeah. as much as they have, and there has to be some kind of lead way for that. Yeah. So you, you mentioned country <laughs> footy before, Chris, and this is going to sort of tie into what I'm going to say now. So the, the, the AFL wants to crack down on the players abusing the umpire. So any show of dissent or even disagreement, it seems, with the umpiring decision, they're now saying pay a 50-metre penalty. Well, we'll right? tie the line. Tie the line, that's fine. But and, and they can do that, that's fine. But I think that what they haven't done is thought about the flow-on effects of that. So that I, think, I, I, I think the waving of the arms is silly. I think I it needs to be. I, I think it needs to because because me being a head chef, okay, I know that if I know if I feel offended or if I feel disrespected or unhierarchical of by a, by somebody lower than me in a situation. So uh, if an umpire feels like they're being disrespected in their decision or disagreed with to a point that it deserves a 50, then pay it. But I don't think it's... It is not enough. It needs to be on discretion. Yeah. It, it, it can't be someone throws their arms up, it's 50. Yeah. Like, but it's but gonna, they've laid out the rule. That's, they have, and that's, that's fine. That's I'm, okay with that. I'm okay with that, right? If that's what the AFL want to do, give it another two or three weeks of players, it'll dap, it'll be a non-issue. Yeah, that's so, the rule. That's, right, fine. that's the rule. So I think, <clears throat> I think the, yeah, and, that, and that's going to be fine. At AFL level, it's going to be fine. I think what the AFL have neglected here is that flow and effect. So these mm. rules filter down to state league and country leagues, right? 
the AFL by doing these rules, the AFL can control the players' reaction on the field. That's fine. What they can't control now is um, the fans' reaction. So I think if if these fifty meter penalties are continually given, I think we're not far off. Um, at, most likely Adelaide Oval, where umpires are being pelted with beer cans as they walk off the field. And that filters <laughs> down to country footy, where I think if these, if this is going to follow on, the AFL, yes, to stop the abuse by the AFL-level players on an AFL field. But in country footy, I think the abuse from the supporters and players is probably going to be worse. So the, the, the reason for it is they're trying to introduce more umpires to the ranks at all levels, but well, gonna, I think the abuse <coughs> at the lower levels is actually going to increase, so they're going to lose more umpires at the lower levels for the sake of keeping the players quiet. I think, the are, they cracking, are they cracking down across the board? Well, that, that, uh, every rule they introduce is a filter yeah. down effect. Well, yeah. What I would suggest it's, is... It's, um, no, it's, it's, it's like level. I said. Like, I think that the, the current AFL umpires that are... That, that, that are being employed right now, like I'd rather pick through the sandful and, and pick through the waffle and try and find the... Sorry. And try and find the most appropriate umpires for the job and employ them to do it. Because yeah. I don't feel like, and this is just my opinion, I don't feel like the current employed umpires are quite to the standard. And, you know, the, the, the thing is from footy fans, all they want from the umpires and the MRO and all this sort of stuff is just consistency game to game, week to week. Well, what uh, this I, I, don't, I, I, I don't care if they make it very hard for them to be. But do we care what the rules are and what the penalties no, are? But I don't, it's I don't the same care, week no, but this week, is my thing. I, no, no, but but um, I, um, umpires shouldn't be such a... An important thing. Like, I don't care if an umpire umpires you know one game or well, if an umpire a thousand games. I, I, I care that the umpires that are there making the decision on that day are the, be the best umpires to do so. I think that, like, the, the, to your point, though, um, I, I think the fans actually over, not overvalue, that's the wrong word, but overstate what role the umpires play in the game. They want to blame the umpires for every decision and every goal their team concedes. Mm. I think it's the footy fan that does that. I think, by and large, like, let's be honest, the umpires are doing the best they can every single week with the ridiculous amount of rule changes and everything that you've exactly. mentioned before. But like I said, the, the, they're, they're part-timers. The players are full-time professionals. What I'd like to see from the fans is you demand perfection from the umpires. Okay. Demand, you, you, demand you, perfection you, you, from the players that are getting 600 You've got guys on rookie AFL contracts making a making a hundred hundred and fifty grand, like, but you won't pay your umpires that. Mm, like, yeah, right. mm. are, you, are you kidding me? So I think we're probably all in agreement. Well, this, just, this blames more on the yeah, AFL than just, the umpires. Just to wind it? it up, right? In your everyday job, your employer changes your KPIs every week. Yeah, exactly. You right. know, and the other thing is bush umpires need to be given the right equipment for the games and, right. and what it will be is a taser so they can zap the bastard <laughs> that opened up their mouth and that solves the problem. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. We've got kicking for goal. Now, what's really driven this is if you look at the Western Bulldogs, and I'm not bashing them, I know um, some of our listeners don't like them and others do and that sort of thing, is... Um, yeah. It's, it's, you look at just. Wait, wait, okay, can, can I open this? Because I've got to no, go. No, 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 wait a bit. I'll just finish what I was going to say, right? If, 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 
Example, Sorry, West, Western Bulldogs. Uh, what, three? Yeah, or two and three? I think they're three and two. Three and two. They? they could have easily been four and one. They yeah, could two, and two, and three, three. two and three. They could the have West, been four and you one. You say the Western Bulldogs. The Western Bulldogs are uh, two and three. Two yeah, and three, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying they could have been four and one apart from their poor kicking for goal. Okay, but let me let me let me put it to you this way, Aaron Norton. If you've got the the number eight pick in the draft and you know and, and you know now what kind of set shot Aaron Norton is, do you pick him number eight in the draft? Absolutely not. What's the point in taking eight marks a game in side forward 50 if you're only kicking two If you're going to kick four behinds. <laughs> yep. Yes, to the, to the detriment of your team. But he's got Robinson Caruso on that team. Okay. Like and, that. and you know what? Was it was it you, Woody? Because that was a striker genius <laughs> last year and I, and I agreed with it at the time and, I, and now it's just blossomed. Josh Bruce is... Without a doubt, the most important forward in that forward line for oh, the way. And myself and Woody were actually abused by some stupid woman on one of the Facebook pages because we both said he's the most important player. And apparently, she, I'll use her terms: we're fuckwits. We know nothing. She, she confused most important player with best player. And this is to Tim's point. So I want to go back to round three. Bulldogs hit nine goals, seventeen. They ended up winning the game, but they kicked nine goals, seventeen to the um, Swans, nine goals, six. So that honestly probably should have been an eight-goal win. Mm-hmm. So the Bulldogs at the moment is two and three with a percentage of just on 100%. So they probably cost themselves 8% or more in just that game alone. Had they yep. gone round two. And then in round, uh, what round was it actually? I think it was round four the week round after. Round two was when they kicked horrendously, wasn't it? Absolutely yeah. so, No, it was the week after against um, Richmond. Richmond kicked 15 goals, nine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulldogs kicked seven goals, 19. That's 19 goals, seven. They, lo- they win by 20 points instead of losing by 30. Mm-hmm. This is the beautiful thing that I feel like I've, in the last six months over the last probably 18 months like it's something that's become really important to me when i'm looking at a football game and what's unfolding um is scoring shots like like it's just because of the way the game's changing like we talk about how it's always evolving and whatnot like scoring shots are so important now because games are lower scoring than they were 20 years ago so like you like if like you kicking an extra four or five bucks Behind a game that'll cost you a game these yeah, days. Yeah, as you said, they, 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 they kind of pay lip service to the importance of it. it. Is. So with with you saying that games are lower scoring and you're getting less shot to goal, that means goal kicking becomes more important. But it's actually the worst exactly. we've ever seen. Oh. And, exactly. and as Jeremy said, that the, the clubs play lip service to it. They don't care. Like camera, um, you'll remember Jeremy a couple of weeks ago when the the Cats beat Brisbane just. There was a contentious umpiring decision late. Yeah, well, we probably, Melbourne. Ah, uh, Melbourne. Geelong won by less than a kick. Probably could have had three losses instead of two. So that's what I mean. Like everyone, this is going back to the umpires. Everyone wanted to blame the umpires for a contentious decision where Tom Hawkins got away with a push in the back, but they forget that a couple of minutes before that, Cam Rayner kicked it out on the full from the top of the square. Yeah, he, he, he banged the ball. And in, 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 our, in our two losses so far, we've kicked 10 17 against Sydney and 11 14 yeah. against. Uh, but how many times have you Tottenham? seen it in the last couple of years, or probably five, six years, as you said earlier, with all the rule changes and stuff? It's come into this thing too. Like when, when, a, when a team drafts a young kid on draft day, 
how often do you hear him, especially when they're talking about tall forwards? They say, oh, he's got raw athleticism. He can run all day, get up and down the ground. He's got good hands. We just need to work on his kicking. Yeah, the game's called football. So foot skills is probably the most important attribute, but clubs <clears throat> just pay lip service to it. True. Um, it looks like um, we've lost Christopher. That's unlucky. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I do think um, the goal kicking in general is an issue. And as I said, I, I believe the Bulldogs could have nearly been 4-1 and one if they had a they kick probably better. probably could have, yeah. Yeah, I think it's unreasonable. Um, what are your thoughts on goal kicking, Jeremy? Um, yeah, well, I'm, as Woody's alluded to, like the, the clubs just sort of pay lip service to the uh, importance of it. So yeah. um, they don't seem to care. That they're, they're missing all their shots and they're like, oh, oh, but we played well. Anything like that. Um, and that's well, no, you didn't play well. You, you, and, you completely nothing. And I want to go back a little bit to when we're talking about the umpires and <clears throat> when people blame umpires for losses. If your team's had more inside 50s and more scoring shots, um, you've got no place to be even close to blaming an umpire. Mm. No. Or should you be that positive about a performance? that you've had more inside 50s and more shots. Oh, yeah, that's right. But it, it's such an important... It is goal kicking and set shot kicking for me is the most important, crucial skill in the game. And it's the one that's most neglected. It's, it's the reason Hawthorne won on the weekend and hats off to them for yep. doing it. Oh, they kicked ridiculously straight. Because they were, they were clinical. They, yep. they got, so they, they just thoroughly deserved what they got. Yeah. There was actually a moment in the third quarter where I think the ball was in... Um, the forward 50 for Geelong. And seriously, if you had the sound off and was playing the Benny Hill music, it would have been perfect for that three or four minutes. Like it was just, it was the weather. But to me, it was just the way Hawthorne played. They just forced Geelong to panic a bit at times. Yeah, and they just got to play, play a slingshot style. They sort yeah. Of get the yeah. ball down quickly off half back and then they've got to open forward. Like, you imagine like there was, because it was wet, there was fumbling and Hawthorne were just harder at trying to get the ball back. And all you could hear, all I could hear in my head is the Benny Hill music. It was let's, just let's amazing. Not, let's not get it twisted. No, I don't want to talk about Hawthorne for this. But you know what? There's a there's, <laughs> an old, long there's an old football adage that's been around for as long as I have and probably around as long as you two have and longer before that. Bad kicking is bad football. And yeah. it is and always will be true. True. All right, we're on to... Uh, we're on to the first um, five rounds, our um, likes, dislikes and... Overreaction, and that's an overreaction. overreaction. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. For have. me, my likes, obviously, um, the way my team's travelling at the moment is quite good, and I think, I think, I think we've got a challenge this week coming up because um, GWS will be quite fired up. But um, well, they didn't show up last week, did they? So, no, they, but they got Green back this week. But how good can he be? One first week, I don't know. Oh, fresh. We know how good he can be, though, can't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. So, but um, worry. yeah. So for me. With the eye test, it's the way that the Saints have actually won their four games after the round one debacle. I think mm -hmm. they've been good. Um, as far as um, my dislikes, well, I'm probably disliking a lot of the uh, criticism being thrown at the umpires that we discussed earlier, uh, when I think the AFL is the problem. And overreaction, nah, I don't really have one at the moment. Right. Well, rather than an overreaction, just give us 
something maybe outside the box or a little tidbit somewhere maybe. All right, I'll, I'll give you one. I actually am tipping Richmond to win by a goal. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll do. Do. Yeah. That'll do. Like, it wouldn't shock me. Um, likes and dislikes, well... Likes a lot, a lot of the stuff that we've discussed previously in the pod, so we don't we don't need to go right into it. Um, uh, Fremantle, I like the mm-hmm. I like the cover there, Jid. Yeah, they're they're very hard yeah. to not like. Yeah, they're the very hard to not like. Um, the sort of the evenness of the comp, bar Melbourne and Brisbane, probably. Yeah, probably. But you got Melbourne and Brisbane as the pace setters, but, and then you can throw a blanket over probably the next twelve teams. Can be, yeah, even some of the lower sides are capable. Adelaide have looked yeah. good at times. North yeah. Melbourne have I think, looked... I think, I think the comp is more even than people actually make it out. Even Port Adelaide, like, they're at the bottom. <laughs> like, I think they've lost three games by, yeah. you know, less than two goals or something. So they're not that far Precisely. away either. I had that and had, and also crowd, just crowds back at the footy, which is, yeah. which is not <clears> as good. Um, Essendon just look rudderless. They're my dislikes. That's my life. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> they, they look, they look yeah, yeah, they just have no direction whatsoever. Um, uh, GWS's season is compromised. In in what way? It's basically, it's Leon Cameron's contract, and that's all that's, Tell you what, that's, geez, all that's on the agenda. A couple more losses, and that looks really so they can't, Yeah, so they can't really concentrate and put their head down and go four more of the year. That's yeah. what I'm believing. Yeah. Um, uh, complaining about the rules other than just adhering to them. Well, I hear a lot of that in the media and, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, but, um, have you ever... Uh, <coughs> how about just... Just cop it. These, these are the rules. Just, have uh, you just, ever just seen an umpire change his mind because a player disagreed with him? No, never. No, exactly right. Just never, cop it never, and move on. Never, never. As you said before, over the course of a season, your good calls and bad calls are going to balance out, yeah, aren't they? they are. Yeah. Um, overreaction... Sydney might play in a grand final. Well, all right then. That's, you can, that's interesting. You can hear a feather fall. Well, yeah, that's... Uh... Oh, I, know, I know they weren't playing against much on the weekend, but I looked at the score and saw it was 50 to zero. This, yeah. is, well, this is a week after West Coast had a pretty bloody good win over Collingwood. Yeah. So a lot of people were sort of high on... Yeah. Sort of high on the Eagles. Yeah. And Sydney just went over there and like, right, enough of this. Yeah. We're just going to pile on nine goals. Yeah. I, look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with your reasoning, but I think we're probably going early about who's playing grand final. Yeah. So that's why we call it over here. No, it is. But, yeah, I think that's still a bit far of a stretch. Still. Well, a friend of um, the podcast just, was, just, was just saying... Just write, write it down for later in yeah, the year. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, a friend of the podcast was talking back-to-back and stuff like that, and I sort of said it's round five. Let's maybe wait till round, uh, you know, the bye the round, is, yeah. you know, when because anything could happen. Like they they could lose three or four but key players through injury. That's the thing. What, what's stopping Port Adelaide from <clears throat> because they've got the similar list to the last few years? What's actually stopping them from going on and winning ten of them? Bang, 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 and actually getting back in contention because we oh, know yeah. they can be good. Oh, which be good. which Ken basically said, you know, we, we, you know, don't count us out yet. We could string together, you know, yeah, that's some right. wins. 
But I think we're, we're a bit too early on those predictions. But as you said, it's an Avery action. So it, well, it fits the bill. It definitely fits, fits the bill. It fits the criteria, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. What do you got, Woody? Um, well, my my stuff got posted on our, our Facebook page the other day. <clears throat> Along with a bit of other colour, colourful journalism. Because I, I, I can't post myself at the moment. Not as colourful as Woody's phone. No, that's right. My, my stuff's more just from round five. So what I like is Freo are the real deal. Um, and we've talked a bit about them, so we won't go into that again. I've liked St Kilda after round one. Um, I don't 100% trust them yet. I, I may well yep, in, a, no, in a couple I, of weeks. And you know what? Like, and and it, Max King, he just he makes me feel things that I shouldn't feel about another man, to be honest. He's, he's a yeah, very, I, very good player. Yeah, when I see him doing stuff, I don't, tip, I don't generally think this year. I think oh, I, two, two years, years time. time. Is, yeah. Twelve months even. If, yeah. if we're talking two, three years down the track, he could be quite easily be the most dominant forward. In the I league. made a point. If he's not, most dominant player, if he's not so close to that, I, I made a point in one of the discussions where I said, 12, 12 to twenty four months time, he could be the best player in the competition." And I am if, not disagreeing with if that. If you don't rate midfielders as the best players, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, Melbourne and Brisbane <clears> set in the early pace. They're actually just like we've said a bit about Melbourne, but when they're on, they're really good to watch, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got so they've got a string of games against Port Adelaide, Melbourne, Geelong. Yeah. Um, so get through those games. We'll find out a bit about that in the next yeah, month, won't yeah. we? Um, my, my dislikes, Carlton blowing massive leagues. The, we've talked a little bit about the, the crackdown for dissent. Like, it's the umpires doing their job. It's more the AFL giving the direction and the ruling that I don't like. That Tom Hawkins dive, um, that was just absolutely ridiculous. How he <laughs> escaped the fine, I do not know. He's got a little nudge from Sam Frost, so he takes another step. While he's balanced, and then just take yeah, the something dive. he didn't need to do. No, um, um, he may have, he may well have still got the free kick for a block because that's no, no. Hear me out. I'm not. This is, is this not, your overreaction? You got two overreactions. This is this is not even pro Um He may he may well have still got the decision for a block. Yeah, because that's the way that's the way the umpires' interpretations are yeah. heading. Yeah, yeah I get that. Games. Yeah. Yeah. I do understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But can I, can I he, just say that he should actually he he should be embarrassed today, shouldn't he? AFL should um, forget. He's not he's not alone in that. Forget well, God, God, God. Let's, God. let's look at let's look at the fine that they gave to Harry McKay last week. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I've got no issues with that. There was contact, and he did milk it. If that's the standard, though. And Harry McKay gets yeah, a I will say, out. I will say, if, if Harry got fined, then Tom should have got fined. Exactly. I tell you what, no, fines don't work. They, they need to do the soccer. Unless they're big fines. They need, no, I don't even agree with that. I reckon what they need to do is what they do in soccer. You do simulation, it's, it's, a, a, it's a report, it's right? A if you get two reports in a game, you miss a week. I think they should automatically lose a week. Yeah. The harsher the penalty, they're going to pull the head. That's in. right. Like, and that's the thing. If Harry McKay got suspended for a week last week for doing what he did, there's no way Tom Hawkins would have taken that. Dog. Correct. Just takes one bloke to be suspended. Yeah. Uh, or one footballer because it yep. could happen to AFLW. And one my, suspension, and they all pull their heads in. And my overreaction from this week is <clears> the cats are cooked. They're done. Well, as a club, they're not going to exist. Um, we'll, we'll probably just as as a <coughs> as a perennial <coughs> perennial top four team. It only took twelve years. Yeah, yeah. Can, can never let it go without. You're like a Hawthorne supporter, and they back to back to <laughs> back. Really, years. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's all right. I have to sit here and listen to it. It's okay. 
Yeah, well, you know, you, you know, the only thing they can do about it is uh, rock up and play North Melbourne on Sunday. Well, that would help, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's the only thing. You, you know what? And this goes back to what I said. That's before. the only thing you can do about it. You can't do you can't do shit about it until no. just the next day you play. Well, you know what? This goes back to what I said about before about you know emotion being involved in the game. <laughs> that's why we get the reaction that Jeremy gave them. Yeah. That's why we get the reaction that Tim gave at the start of the show. <laughs> and honestly, that's why we love football, isn't yeah. it? Mm. And that's why we love talking about it. So. There's literally nothing, 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 nothing shit we can do about it. Exactly Rock right. up, rock up on Sunday. That's and, all. And argue unreservedly about stuff that we can't change. Yeah, or, or control. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't play, by the way. We just no. observe and watch. Yeah, nothing right. we can do about but it. That, and, and that's why we do this. This is why we watch footy. This is why we go to talk to our mates about footy, just because everyone's emotionally invested. That's why we do it. But I must say there is a correlation between winning a flag and getting ahead of yourself with arrogance and stuff like that. Um, I've seen it with Hawthorne supporters for years. Yeah. I've seen it with Richmond supporters. So, you know, I'm going to preface, I'm going to rebut that by saying... And it, it's redundant now when mm. Hawthorne supporters bring it up. But when you win three flags in a row like they did or when you win three flags like <clears throat> in four years like Richmond did or three fags like in five years like Geelong did, mm-hmm. you've got a right to be arrogant to a degree, but one flag in 50-something years, probably not. Mm. But at the same time, that, 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 arrogance, that arrogance has got to expire date. Mm. So when you win back to back to back in 2013, 14 and 15 and you're in 2022, mm. I, I think you've probably, you're, probably, you're not going to open that cart. You've got to be um, able to critique yourself enough to draw a line in the sand and go, okay, we've had our time yeah. and but this if, is where we're at. One flag in 60 years nearly. This is, all Not just, enough. this is all just one person's opinion of someone being arrogant. There's, there's no, there's no arrogance meter or anything like that. This is just one. I've noticed. I, I believe, and you may not be wrong, by the way. Uh, but this is a, this is all just some some person saying, "Bother, oh, I, I think that's pretty arrogant." Yeah. Yeah. Um, it may be. It may not. Be. But there is a correlation with whole... teams winning premierships, and their supporters get this yeah. delusion about it. Yeah. In and general, yeah. I've named. Three or four clubs. But as I said, if, you, if you've got genuine, Essendon sort of, have done it. If you've got genuine mini dynasties like Geelong, mm. Hawthorne, and Richmond, you've got an, a right and a reason to be arrogant for a period. That's only ten years since it, Geelong's last. That's right. It's got an expiry date. If Jeremy's going to bang on that they won three flags in five years, the last was in two thousand eleven. You can just shut up about that. And you know, I'm not even Jeremy. Jeremy doesn't carry on about. It. No, but when they win those flags... Jeremy's more passive-aggressive about it yeah, than the other support. But when they win those flags, the first thought in my mind isn't to, I'm going to stick it up this plate, this plate, this plate. No, but you're, just, win, you're, just, you're just happy that they won a yeah, flag. But when you win three flags in five years, you say, geez, we are good, and I'm going to let everyone know it. You, you, As a supporter of that club, you've earned that right to have that mindset. Yeah. Same as when Hawthorne won three in a row. Same as when Richmond won three out of four. When Manchester United won 13 out of 26. You've probably got a, yeah. Yeah, a bit of leverage for a little while. Yeah, but that's but starting to fade again, now. Again, that's redundant now. When was the last Oh, it's redundant? getting redundant. When, when that's, was the last that's off to the Liverpool fans, by the way. Hmm? That's off to the Liverpool fans, by the way. 
Why yeah. would we want to have hats off to Liverpool on this um, <laughs> uh, podcast? I'm just, I'm just saying, hats off, to, hats off to their fans for uh, their treatment of Ronaldo. Well, you know. No, that's fair. And I just want to say, you've just reminded me of something here by mentioning Liverpool. Mm. just want to give a shout out to Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, you, you we we nearly got the whole episode without it, but I just... On the pod. I just wanted to get that in there. I think it's worth saying, that's how, how the Liverpool fans... Well, ma- matter of fact... Was, um, active towards Ronaldo was quite classy. Um, all right. There's no one of class from Liverpool, but what I was going to say... You don't want to acknowledge it. Now, what I was going to say is there's a um, soccer shop in Sydney called uh, Ultimate Ultra Football, right? They have international tops. Guess who they got for the Bundesliga? Borussia Mönchengladbach. Correct. So what we might do is go down to the local pub and have a meat raffle and try and raise the money so Woody can wear it for all their podcasts. If someone wants to (laughs) to, to buy a Borussia Mönchengladbach top for me, you can hit us up and Mm. get my address and send it to me. That'll be fine. Mm. And incidentally, just for the record, and um, that, yeah, all right, Liverpool might have showed a bit of class first time in their history, but they have showed some class. Not the club, yeah, the I supporters. Knew I, I knew I did. You got what you wanted. You don't I knew need to I knew say anything. Anyway, <laughs> we've bored you enough. I'm sure I'm sure we have um, done nearly two hours of waffle. Yeah. We've lost Chris. He's probably fallen asleep and um, cancelled the phone call. Yeah, it's past my bedtime too. Yeah. Um, Jeremy's had about 20 cans. And um, Woody's been bashing... Um, Inmates, so it's about <laughs> it's about time we um, say goodbye. But before we say goodbye, we, must, <laughs> we have to acknowledge that Joshua Watson will be doing some editing, and he'll be using the velvet tones of Zaggy too. And we will be back with a more general sport one in the next few weeks because I think there's time to talk a bit of UFC and NBA playoffs. NBA oh, playoffs yeah. definitely. NFL uh, draft. There is no week. NBA playoffs because the Lakers aren't playing, so, so we won't be talking about that. So in a couple of weeks, we've had the playoffs. We'll probably <clears> be through the first round of the playoffs. We've got the NFL draft next week. Um, there's a bit of stuff coming up. So. Yeah, so there is. And also um, Tyson Fury's belting someone's brains in, um, White's brains in this week, I think. Yeah, yeah. so there's a fair bit going on. So we'll um, give it a couple of weeks and we'll have a fair bit of content for for those of you that like to listen we, to the multi-sports. Uh, get, get Chris back for the NBA. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, right. that's if he isn't falling into a coma because he just disappeared. But um, I think um, to share his highlights of the first five rounds, Richmond are doing okay. And that's about it. So, anyway, right. uh, it's time to say goodbye and a special um, shout-out to Dustin Martin. We love you. Good job by you.